Apple Presents Events at the Apple Store. Please join me in welcoming from Women Innovate Mobile tonight's guest moderator, Kelly Hoey. Thank you, thank you. And thank you to everyone who came out on this, uh, I want to say, um, cold. I'll try and be polite, though I know from past podcasts we can swear. Um, this bloody cold night, so hello New York and let's talk um, social financial business and what that all means. So I'm going to jump into it because we have an incredible um, panel. Um, right next to me, Linda Zascano, um, who is Managing Director and Head of Content and Social at City, responsible for social media and content marketing for the U.S. consumer business. You're also president of uh, and CEO of Women & Co., um, City's award-winning digital publisher. You're the author of City's financial fitness blog, as well as a LinkedIn influencer. That's true. Do you sleep? I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I want to know, Linda, what do you really do on a daily basis? Like, what's your job? Come so on. I sit within the marketing function in City's uh, U.S. consumer business, and my job is to use marketing as a form of uh, uh, content, as a form of marketing currency, and create opportunities to spark conversations with customers and consumers about the things that matter most, which for us, in based being a bank, is about how people earn, spend, save, and enjoy their time and money. And so for us, it's really looking at how are we going to help um, families move their finances forward and providing educational information to help them make smarter decisions and build financial uh, security for themselves. And as families are online, not, not lining up for a bank teller, that's where you're going to be? Sure. Well, you have to be present where people are spending their time and give customers choice in where they can engage with you and when it's convenient to engage. Cool. Very cool. All right, Joyce, I'm going to skip over you for just a second. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Just a sec. One handing it here. All right. Well, then we have Lauren Wagner Boyman, who is Executive Director, Head of Digital Strategy, Morgan Stanley Wealth Management. You lead the digital strategy um, at Morgan Stanley Wealth Management, and you're responsible for client web and mobile strategies, FA Mobile, uh, social media programs, and online content management. More importantly, you led the development and execution of the firm's social media strategy. There's a strategy. <laughs> so actually, since I sent that in to you, I have a <clears throat> new position at the firm. Um, so now I'm um, COO and head of strategy for the marketing department for the firm. But at Woohoo. the time... Woohoo! Congratulations! <laughs> thanks. Um, but at the time um, I sent that to you, yes, I was uh, managing their digital strategy and... Um, Previous to that was involved with the social media program and allowing our financial advisors to access both LinkedIn and Twitter in a compliant way. So um, we have lots of things to talk about related well, to... And for anyone who knows regulated industries, like that's, you're radical. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it, it definitely made waves in the industry a lot more than I thought it would, to be honest, because there were so many financial advisors that were doing this out of compliance. And just the mere fact that we got over this compliance hurdle, which really also was a technology problem, um, to allow advisors to do this within compliance and within our regulations, um, turned out to be a pretty big deal and actually turns out to be an incredibly um, a creative business decision for, for us. We've gotten a, a lot of new clients, new assets, client engagement out of it. So um, 
you know, it's it's something that we just need to do because this is where our clients are and financial advisors want to be able to communicate where their clients are, but it's also been a really positive thing from, you know, a, a sales perspective. Right. It's like getting locked out of a building if you can't if your clients can't be where, you know, or where your your um, advisors can't can't be where your, their clients are. All right, down at the end cuz you know every once in a while I would like to have a guy on the panel. So, thank you. Thank you, John. Nice to be different. Thank you. <laughs> So John is Managing Director at uh, Deutsche Bank. Uh, you're changing how people work at Deutsche Bank. So this is going to be interesting. John has a very internal perspective on what he's doing. And you're using um, collaboration platforms, communities of practice, and public social media channels to help how they're working um, within, um, within the bank. Um, and prior to this, you worked on trading and risk technology. You actually have a tech background. Yeah, I'm an, I'm an IT guy. You're a geek. And I spent a lot of my time on trading floors. A geek, yeah, thanks. Um, what, so what I do is a little bit different uh, in that we're 100,000 people in 70 countries. And for many big companies, they work like it's 1995. Uh, it's pre-Google, it's pre-Facebook. And the only thing you really have to share information are email and meetings. So you have a lot of them. And so my job is to change that. We use social platforms internally to make work better, uh, more effective, but also more fulfilling. And in doing that, we're in effect training tens of thousands of people how to work in a more open, connected way so that when we're ready to follow Lauren's lead, uh, we'll be ready with a bunch of people that are trained to do that for business. Very cool. And when's your... Um Upcoming book coming up, Working Out Loud. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, so I'm writing a book called Working Out Loud, which is really for helping individuals, whether you're just coming from school or you're at midlife, uh, how do you build a purposeful network in such a way that helps you get more career opportunities but also access better opportunities for life in general, Working Out Loud. Um, all right, Joyce. And came back to Joyce because Joyce is an expert in... Um, this area and is really the one responsible for bringing together this incredible panel. So thank you. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you, Kelly. Um, so you're the founder and CEO of Social Media Fin, a social media consulting firm. You are a mentor for Women Innovate Mobile, but you got some other news for us. Well, that's right. As Kelly said, um, I founded my own firm uh, two and a half, three years ago, Social Media Fin. I've uh, been in financial services many years at a number of the firms that are here on stage and uh, wanted to be part of the new world of social media uh, and helping the regulated industries that um, really do want to do it but do need to follow compliance. Um, so I've had a great couple of years working helping the Financial Women's Association and other organizations. Um, and, and just recently, I uh, have made a decision to join the leadership team of Socialware which is a social media compliance software firm for regulated industries. I'm very excited to be uh, leading their practice management and um, uh, more to come. But it, uh, my main thing is my passion about helping people who really are trying to reach their audience in a way that that audience wants to be reached. I've been in financial firms many years, over 20 years, and everybody is trying to reach somebody and they're on these platforms, so how do we do it and do it meaningfully and compliantly? So, that's so it. let's let's deal for people who may not know. Like, what's that challenge? Let's let's deal with that c word. I'm looking at Lauren. Let's deal with the c word compliance. Like, all right, it, it's going to sound a little bit crazy to to people who are not in the industry, but 
Um, every correspondence that a financial services firm has with a client or a prospect has to be captured, retained, and supervised. So for email, that is fairly easy because it's happening on our own servers. For social media, because that's happening on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all these you know, other sites, the firm doesn't have a natural way of capturing that correspondence. So what we do is use firms like Socialware, and Morgan Stanley is a Socialware client, um, to essentially create a pipeline between our servers and the social media site and we capture all of that communication and correspondence and activity and we supervise it just like we do email. And what did you do before then? You, you, you block it. You block it, right. So imagine going throughout your day where you just, you're a salesperson and you just can't use LinkedIn. Or even in a more ridiculous way, you can't use it on this computer, but you could use it on your own computer. Right? So, so firms are struggling with even just this kind of basic practicalities of how do we give people tools to do their job, and you did, I mean, you really did pioneering work, which I thought, you know, respect. <laughs> Thanks. The other thing that's a little bit complicated is that a LinkedIn profile or a Twitter profile is considered advertising. So that has to get pre-approved. So if an advisor has a LinkedIn profile out there that hasn't gotten approved, it can actually be really detrimental to, to their career and to the firm. So it's not just a bad profile, it's an unapproved one. Right. There are lots of, of layers of evaluation right. of it, yes. <laughs> your license. But there are other things because um, in addition to what happens with one-on-one -one correspondence, you know, very often the content we produce, whether it's an article, a blog, an infographic, a video, a Facebook post, or a tweet, you know, we may be talking about products, and products are regulated, and some of financial products can be complicated and require certain disclosures to clarify because there are nuances. And so it may be difficult to express that nuance in a 140-character tweet. So we also have to think very carefully about what is the right platform and what's the right type of content to communicate about a particular product and have the appropriate workflows so we're making sure that it gets the right level of supervisory review. And again, we have to then document that the content has been appropriately reviewed. And depending on whether it's a banking product or an investment product, um, we'll have different types of rules and regulations. So we have to be sensitive to all of that and have really good judgment and guardrails over how do you talk about particular types of, of topics and themes. Does you see the smoke coming out of my ears already? Like I'm ex like, like just exhausted thinking about this. But, and Joyce, I want to look at you on this one. Like, okay, when with social, that everything is about real time and maybe to a crazy degree, how do you advise in this environment when sometimes real time reaction is the most valuable reaction Though at the same time, I'm one of these people like I like inserting a pause because then you can get actually a smarter response. But how, when people expect real time, can you react when you have such compliance and regulations in place? Well, let me just say a lot of what I've done for the last three years is doing a lot of sessions on not just education, but ha having exactly those kind of conversations because. For most folks, you think you can just go on LinkedIn or Twitter and put up a post. You're now talking about how do you do that in a way that's compliant with your firm. And there is a way to do it. It takes training and education, as well as the FINRA and SEC reg. So 
everybody has to take a pause and take a breath to see what is it we want to say and who are we trying to reach and how does that particular person want to be reached and then have a plan. So you can't just do the impromptu, and Linda, you probably know, and, and, and Lauren better than most, is there is a way to do it, but it takes care and a plan and training. And it does work, and in the end, you will deepen relationships, and you will get more business. I've seen it happen. Well, you have to understand, too, when does, depending on what you want to communicate, is real-time response even appropriate? And really, it depends on the message and the topic. We, we talk about structured spontaneity, which is we have um, a whole library mm. of content. That, that's that a good word. It, it, I like it that. Is, Trademark right? that. Yeah. <laughs> when we can anticipate. So right now, we're, we're one of the sponsors of the Olympics. So we don't know how some of our athletes are going to perform. But we, can, we know when their races are. We, we can have a set of you know, tweets about, well, if they win the X medal, but if they didn't win the medal, but they had a good showing. So we can prepare for that and have it pre-approved. And so it's ready to go. But there's other times where it may not be, a, you know, much of the content we create is all about managing your money, spending smarter, saving harder. That's more evergreen. And we decide when we're going to play in that real time and when we're not. And I think it's important that you have a strategy and you message to your followers what they can expect from you on a particular social platform. We, we've dealt with the real-time issue in an interesting way because we're not, the program that, um, that I was involved with was not at the corporate level but was at the individual financial advisor level. So it's one thing to control what a you know, city or you know, a corporate Twitter handle uh, has to, to say, but it's another thing to control 18,000 people who are not that easy to control by nature, um, but then the sheer cat, volume of them. They're herding cats on a regular basis, but yes. Yeah. So the way that we addressed that was uh, by something called the pre-approved tweet, which I know outside of the industry sounds like it's um, you know blasphemy, but we have a library of content that we provide to our financial advisors, and all of those are, you know, pre-approved, pre-created messages. It's all of the material on the content that the firm shares in all the other channels, whether it be paper or email, this is just another channel to, to share those. So we, you know, we make it really easy for them and they can send out um, you know, a pre-approved LinkedIn status update or a tweet um, and not have to think about what they have to send out on their own, right? That So that's the flip side of it, which is it's a bit canned, if you will, but um, we're writing it so that it's not salesy. It's not meant to be salesy. It's meant to be engaging. Um, and, you know, it actually has much better engagement than tweets that, or LinkedIn status updates that financial advisors write themselves. And I was going to add, I think there's, um, a lot of this is about comfort. Like, there's a lot of gray, uh, in particularly in what you do, or are going to do at Socialware. And so you've got compliance, legal, HR, et cetera, who are just uncomfortable with what we can do and what we can't do. So you gotta, you gotta start somewhere, and where you may start, and certainly where we're starting, is even if you just teach people how to use these tools to look for information, to look up contacts, to look up salespeople, to look up mutual connections, to look up news, that's, that's a great and very, very safe way to begin. And it's a, it's a way that people in the audience who are familiar with social media can help financial services. Of your 18,000 people, 
I'm sure a lot of them did not even know what LinkedIn offered or what a premium account meant or what the most uh, optimal ways of using it were. And so introducing it with a safe step like that leaves a lot of room for training and other places. And, and then we could do structured spontaneity. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And then on that point, I would say that social media has completely transformed the way that financial advisors or anyone, really real estate agents, you know, will prospect. Um, because in the past, they would have to find a mutual connection. And that whole process takes a really long time. You know, you have to, you know, 20 years ago, you'd have to run into someone and say, oh, do you know this person? Now that could literally take, you know, 60 seconds on LinkedIn and oh, don't create you a wish, connection I mean, right don't, away. Don't you wish more people would, like, remember that some of the most, like, the most important things you can do on social is listen and watch you know, kind of zip it, keep your mouth closed. Don't laugh, Joyce. I know I'm a fanatic <laughs> on Twitter. Um, and, and do that research, right? And because, I mean, how many emails do you get? Someone says, hey, do you know so-and-so? And I always just email back, go to LinkedIn. Like, it's revealed. Let like, me Google you, that for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really great tool called the Internet. You can search it and find out. But, no, too many people think it's about talking versus listening and research. I think you bring up a really good point, Kelly, because, you know, I think many financial institutions, like many brands before social media, it was all about advertising, it was about press releases, it was about um, us pitching a product and about what we wanted to say. And with social media, you have to be prepared to listen and engage. It's a conversation and it's dialogue and before any brand, whether it's a bank or a healthcare company or a retail, um, store goes into social, you have to have listening so that you you have the feedback and feed forward. You're listening to what people are saying, but you're taking those insights and using it to inform what information, what content you bring back so you're acknowledging that you hear them. And whether it's a service issue or whether it's request for, wow, I would really like to learn about this, you have to be prepared for that constant communication. And it's a global channel. Unlike you're buying a TV spot, you can say, I only want to talk to people in New York between 25 and 44. Everything you publish in social is automatically available. So you can't just think, oh, I'm working in the United States. You have to think about the potential implications and how it carries through if you're a global company. And so understanding all those connections is incredibly important. Yeah, and I was gonna just say, uh, before I joined Socialware, when I would meet with firms who were considering like asset management firms, some smaller outfits, and they wanted to know should they be on social, I would first say, well, do you know what people are saying about you? They're like, ah. I said, no, are you listening? Because before you even engage, just listen. And I've gone to little demos, and I would put up my little iPad with um, you know, like a Twitter screen of just the name of their company, and they would have put out, say, a press release about, we have a new head of equity in Japan, and all the major magazines were picking it up, and they had no idea, because they weren't listening. So if, if any of you are in the field, you're thinking, how do I get started? Uh, just listen, just listen for those tags. We all heard about hashtags. It's a wonderful way, because then you'll really get an, a sense of, you know, who the people are who are paying attention to you, and then you'll figure out how they may want to be contacted. So I would say listening is really the number oh, yeah, one word. Like, go, go, go back to that, like, you know, how many times can you sort of beat, we, we can beat that one over the head a lot in this next, you know, bit of conversation. I want to go back to something Lauren said at the beginning in terms of the C word again, compliance, retaining. 
what are you doing now in this era of the novelty and trend of disappearing messages? How in terms of Snapchat and now these... It's the old-fashioned, we block it. <laughs> but also, there's also like um, tools that now they're saying within for enterprise, you know, disappearing messages. I mean, just thoughts? I actually think... Uh, so, I know you haven't been at Social Wear very long, but it would probably be uh, a more appropriate question for the vendors, like the technology vendors in this space to answer because they are really the ones who are dealing directly with the social media um, you know, platforms themselves and understanding how, how those platforms are going to um, adapt themselves, if at all, to financial services. And you know, some of these platforms are just saying, you know what, it's too complicated for us. We're going to address it later because we have such a large market of non-regulated industries that are fair game to play in. And actually, I think on that, it's the same thing of, you know, there's certain things you're just not going to engage in. A lot of, no offense, but certain things go away. You know, they don't have a long life. Um, I think it comes down to really training of even your employees of just what's best, you know, what would you do that's smart? You know, would you say certain things in a certain audience? Everything is, can be recorded anywhere. You know, you hear the overheard tweet, somebody talks about what you said. Um, so I think it's just first being smart about what you share, it's, is it professional or not? And if people are gonna say dumb things, hopefully they don't do it online or in person. So uh, I go back to training, I think that's important. Right. Well, and I think not, not every shiny new toy makes sense. You should really be, in everything we do, whether it's for our personal brand or for a company we represent, is have intention when you are going to be present on a particular platform and understand a consumer's mindset on that platform so you're bringing the right message and it's resonant um, and you know it's easy you know for us to bring narrative tweets you know uh, narrative content and even infographics and some things like photographs are a bit challenging because even though we're acting like publishers we're not regulated, we're regulated, so we don't have the license to show landmark buildings or a photo of a celebrity without getting their permission. It's commercial use, not um, free you know, speech. And so we have to think very differently. And so some more visual platforms can be particularly challenged. So you have to really think about what makes sense um, for where you are, the resources you have, and what you're communicating. Cool. All right, I want to talk platforms. So terms of anyone who is here or watching and thinking about all right this really sounds let's let's bring it really practical let's talk about what you're doing in particular I'm gonna start with you Linda mm -hmm. let's talk about women and co let's talk about LinkedIn let's talk about what you're doing there because I think that gives a really good concrete example to someone who is in a structured environment a regulated industry on something that they can do effectively and you two are getting this question too so start thinking <laughs> So um, City's been very active in conversations with women about their money uh, for 14 years. And we started um, really engaging women in this conversation because women came and told us they felt very disenfranchised by financial institutions that we talked at them, not to them. And we weren't bringing information that really helped them 
make smarter decisions and understand how the different pieces of the financial pie fit together. And when we asked, we really probed, we heard from women, don't give us pink products. We don't need more products. Um, you, you know, you have good products. What we want is educational information that's relevant to us, you know, that fits um, the different roles that we play. We want to be able to connect and hear from how other women navigated financial issues, successes, and challenges. And we want, you know, we'll take your opinion, you know, as a, from your bankers and financial advisors, but we want to hear what other smart women, credible experts are saying. So we created Women & Company as basically it's a financial lifestyle publisher. It's a digital publisher, so think Huffington Post, big. You know, Women & Company is part of City, and we publish financial lifestyle content for women on things that they tell us matter, how they earn money, spend it, save it, donate it, borrow it, and how they talk to their families about money and, and in all aspects of their lives. Um, and so what's different though is we are actually creating our own content. It's bylined by the staff, the employee who writes it. And we, we not only go out and interview experts and we invite influencers to contribute content, we're actually sharing our own personal stories. And one of the threads we heard during the financial crisis is women saying, you know, many women were in transition by choice or circumstance, they wanted to restart their career, start a business, and we said, well, we're a bank. We know how to help you save money. I don't know that we can provide career guidance. So we went to LinkedIn and said, what if we can harness the collective intelligence of professional women on LinkedIn? Could that help us get insights to respond to this question we were getting from our readers? And LinkedIn was interested in getting more women to stay on their platform and engage. So we partnered to create a community for professional women on LinkedIn called Connect. It was launched in April of 2012. We have over 250,000 women in our community. And it's all about career and providing tips and insights and tools on how do you move your career or your business forward. And while we are the sponsor, so you see all of the city advertising, we wanted to be present in the conversation. And we earned a place in the circle by talk, bringing career content and listening to what women were saying and going out and finding experts who could help move the conversation forward. And you know, our goal was really to demonstrate trust and to build brand relevance and consideration for our products. And I'm really pleased to say that over the course of the past, you know, uh, almost uh, two years now, that we've seen a really measurable increase in consideration and trust and satisfaction. And, you know, we have all the quantifiable numbers, but nothing really inspires me more than when I'm in conversations like this. And actually the women themselves organize meetups people come up and tell me about how they moved from Poland to the US and our branch at the MetLife building made it seamless or how through our private pass program, they were able to get backstage pass to the Rolling Stones in Philadelphia and it was a, like a lifelong dream. And so it really helps show that our, our products and services in a very different way and it gives us that ongoing conversation. And it's funny because we get a lot of men who read our content. So what started out as we thinking it was just for women, when we, we share that, those insights 
through SlideShare and through LinkedIn and through Twitter and many other platforms, we get a lot of men saying, this is just good content. Can we join the conversation too? <laughs> locked, locked out of the, locked out of is, the club. It's a very different yeah. way. But, but what you're talking about is like you're engaging and, and listening to the community and how you can do it in a way that, um, yes, the compliance and the regulation, but it also a way that is, is within your brand without all of a sudden like, oh, they want us to talk about X and it doesn't fit within well, what well, that's our it. services you know, it's, and our it's products. It's funny, when early on we, we tested, we started a conversation around a lifestyle topic because on, on our Women & Co site, women talk lifestyle, they talk hardcore finance and investment, and very quickly the Connect community said, we just want, we're wearing our career hat. Don't deviate from the career hat. They've now brought money into the conversation, but we listened and you know, we're gratified that the discussions that we start uh, get a lot of traction and we use them to say, like I was writing something on negotiation and I said, okay, tell me your story or your first job experience and then I sort of take those insights and use it to, for my own uh, LinkedIn influencer post and it helps just cascade it forward. Yeah, just put it that way. So Lauren, which platform in sort of an initiative well, so before we talk about yeah. platforms, yeah. just the, the concept of social media overall, you, you may think would be kind of a misfit with the financial services industry. But when you think about what a financial advisor does, I mean, so much of what they do is managing relationships and building those relationships and engaging with those, their clients over time. And so social is actually a really perfect fit for, um, for financial advisors. Um, you know, they, they leverage them in lots of different ways. I mean, we talked about listening before. Um, LinkedIn is one of those platforms that people share, you know, they share promotions that they get or they take a new job. From a financial advisor's perspective, every single one of those posts or those activities or events that happens in someone's life is an opportunity to engage with them from a personal perspective, but also from a financial perspective. Okay, so you change jobs, you have a 401k that you need to roll over, we can have that conversation. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different aspects or different use cases for it. There are, you know, one of the, the big things that financial advisors try to do is develop connections with the next generation. And there are so many that uh, of advisors that, that don't believe that their clients are on social media, which it's actually comical because when you do a quick test with them to upload their contact list to LinkedIn, they find that you know usually over 50% of them are already there. But you know many times, even to get them to do that, we have to convince them that it's not their clients they're trying to reach, it's the children of their clients. And they actually get that because they think, oh, social media is for young people. And you know they, they actually do it and, and find out that they can develop relationships with you know, not just the, the children who are grown, but, you know, the, um, those older individuals as well. Um, I'm, I'm smirking because um, in my past life, building a global alumni program for a shall remain unnamed global law firm, it was the 50-something-year-old partners who were like, oh, the retired partners aren't on social media. And I'm like, yeah, watch this. You know, all the 80-year-olds were there. There's, there but there right. seems to be a certain pocket of leadership. Sorry, John. You know, pale, male, and stale, certain age, anyway, that, that don't seem to use it. But everyone on the fringe, you know, everybody else is. So anyway, that's why I'm smirking away. Would yeah. you say it's not just outbound, too. It's not just financial advisors trying to get to people. It's people like us, who 
who are looking for financial advice, and that's where we look. So you're actually, we are actually doing a service if you're there, if you're making it easier for your services to be found because there's plenty of data that show high net worth, ultra high net worth are looking for advice and it's hard to find. And if you could find it via trusted relationships in your social network, you're more likely to buy it. Right, like even if you ask your friend, you're still gonna go and look around on LinkedIn or someone says, oh, go and use this person, you're gonna still see who the connections are to see right. if you either trust them. Right. Exactly, right. Well, So, and I've said this so many times that the cold call is dead. And Hallelujah. That, <laughs> and that is something that in the financial advisory business is such a crazy thing for people to understand because nobody these days is, not, is gonna do business with somebody that they don't know a mutual connection of. Um, or have a you know trusted referral. So um, if you grew up living Glen Gary, Glen Ross, like it's hard to it's hard to change that. <laughs> Download that movie. Haven't watched oh, it. Yeah, I would even suggest on for, iTunes. Yeah, yeah. But to that very point of people being able to find you. I know when I've worked with some advisors, I'll tell them like, what's your specialty area? And, and I had a call the other day, and someone said, you know, it was in in, in middle of the country. They go, well, farming. Well, put in farming and see what comes up. And if you're if that's the keyword in your profile, if somebody is in that area, they're going to find you. So make it easier for people to find you. And um, yeah, so. I know you didn't ask me, Kelly, but no, LinkedIn. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you went. So no, I'm implicitly asking okay. you. Um, John, in terms of what you're doing, what well, how do you think about this with these, you know, social media sites? Whether like, how do you start transforming that internal culture to then enable them to engage, you know, externally effectively uh, when that ultimately happens? So first, I think I've got. Um, I've got the biggest business case out of anybody here because internally, our firms are spending tens of billions of dollars. And if I can move the productivity needle two, three, four percent, that's going to far outweigh some of the benefits we'll get from using Twitter or Facebook or it's just it's hard to realize and it's not necessarily as visible, right, as, a, as an Oreo marketing campaign on, on social media. So, uh, what we, again, what we focus on, both to, to teach people how to work in a more open and connected way, but also to realize business benefits that would then make the use of those platforms easier, we focused internally and we show people how working in this better way can actually realize uh, either, uh, either cost savings and or um, better connectivity with our salespeople to, to bring in revenue opportunities. So how are you reducing emails? Uh, you know, <laughs> what are you doing, John? Give us it's your secrets. That's a, it's, a, it's, it's, um, it's hard to kill. What we found, so we talk, I've worked on this for several years, it's a lot like being a doctor at a fast food convention. Like you're, everyone there in the audience <laughs> knows that they should eat less and exercise, but man, they, they don't. And so it's, well, a lot of what I've done isn't so much IT, although that's what I came from, it's changing human behavior and changing habits. And when I can do that, then boy, that there'll be a much more receptive audience to all the messages that you've been talking about tonight. I would love to build on what John said because we have an internal collaboration network at City um, that's relatively new, but it's designed to be the same thing, you know, to really transform your company and, and be a digital enterprise and engage with consumers digitally, you have to really enable and build, it's a muscle you have to build in your organization. And so this is designed to really get everyone using 
a social network to engage professionally within the company. And it, you know, and it's amazing about how you can connect with other experts. And so we're using it to say, look, it'll help you be more effective because you can find someone else um, who may have you know, managed through that issue. So there's that, oh, you can be smarter and you can, you can build your personal brand and that can help you with mobility. So we're looking at all of the benefits and many of us probably work with uh, folks who you know, think their children go on social but they don't, they know sort of, they think Facebook is all 20 year old kids with hoodies. You know, LinkedIn is if you are desperately in need of a job. And so a lot of it is really about, you know, finding ways to make analogies and getting people used to uh, what it is and how customers are using it, but also using even online banking tools, mobile and tablets, so people feel comfortable. Uh, and it's, it's requiring us to go put ourselves in the customer's mindset rather than just thinking about what we can't do from a regulated, but understanding this is really changing every aspect of our lives and it's reinforcing it every day. Lauren, you pulled we, your mic oh, up before, sorry. so I knew there was something. <laughs> it's the best well, thing I was about gonna, the handheld mics. I know when someone's going to comment. I was going to um, say something similar to, to what um, you mentioned, Linda, is that we also have an internal collaboration platform, um, and it's a lot easier to regulate when it's internal. Uh, you don't have all of those you know, external communications regulations to, to deal with, but we have um, a platform called Advisor Insights that connects 18,000 advisors and lets them blog, um, lets them talk about you know, the investments that they're selecting, why they're selecting those investments. And, and really it's the first time that advisors have had the ability to share with other, you know, with their peers around the country. There's you know, a thousand branches, 18,000 of them. It's, you know, even when you live in New York City and you, somebody lives next door to you, you don't even know who they are. So, um, so this has given them an, an opportunity to connect with others and to, and when you talk about you know, adoption and how you encourage it for, um, for us, it's about you know, creating these kind of joint production capabilities. So if an advisor has a specialty in lottery winners or you know, purchasing art, and you meet somebody as an advisor that has you know, just won the lottery, well, when you then connect with that advisor and say, you know, I have this special now, you know, capability that we can help you. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different specialties out there, and I'm just picking a very unusual one, but um, that platform has really enabled a lot of collaboration and, and, you know, increased business to happen. Which is fantastic. All right, well, I'm going to keep an eye on the time so I know that we can give time to um, people who are in the Apple Store to ask questions. Um, I just want to touch on one more thing. Actually, two. Two things that have been mentioned, one, one mentioned, one not mentioned. Okay, mobile video, expected to explode. How are you gonna deal with that? Uh, and you mentioned SlideShare. I think that's also one of those tools which is people always forget and it is one of the most, I wanna say, useful in terms of conversion rate for professionals um, in terms of conveying information. So I don't know who wants to jump on either of those and say, Linda. Linda. <laughs> So we, we do have um, a SlideShare channel. Right now, it's an extension of our Connect group on LinkedIn because we have so many conversations happening in our Connect community that we wanted to be able to curate some of the best ideas for each um, conversation, whether it's about negotiation or mentorship. And we put those curated ideas on SlideShare. 
and that has really increased our reach because now we have SlideShare followers. It's all carried through in the city brand, and we're using it to curate related content to some of those topics that come out of our Connect community, and we're looking at how do we build more SlideShares and integrate them through some of the, the other content publishing uh, that we do. And of course with mobile, you know, most of us are consuming social media on our mobile. And so in working with social networks and looking at how do we publish and syndicate our content, we're creating content and we're distributing it with mobile in mind. And so it has to work in that environment. But that's been a huge focus and you know video's been a bit of a slower start, but we are definitely recognize we have to continue to build our video inventory. Right, right. You doing anything with video, John? Come on. No. Um, but not because, <laughs> so yes, boy, I think, I think it's what you said earlier. Are these megatrends? Absolutely. Uh, but when, if you peel back uh, the onion on big firms, again, you, you realize just how, how far behind they are. Right. So as important as those trends are, uh, we're still working on, on kind of the basics of, hey, how can I find the people that need my search? How can I find my own product? But material? like, are your internal platforms going to put in video? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we, that, all that stuff we do internally, and we do right. it well. Um, learning how to leverage that in a way that makes business sense is something we're still figuring out. Cool. Anything we haven't touched on, uh, Joyce, that you're like, the jeepers, Kelly, when I suggested I, I know this panel, jeepers. I sort of said, you know, I'm trying no. to keep it clean. I had, I had I that potty mouth I know, last she told time. me I was in charge of keeping her in charge. Okay. Um, the thing I want to mention about SlideShare, and now, I mean, certainly with, your, with a regulated firm, there are things you need to do. But when I had started my own company, and every time I'd give a talk, I have my slides, I put it on SlideShare. And somebody said to me, aren't you afraid someone's going to steal your stuff? I said, no, I'm afraid they're not going to share it. Because the way people find me, I have gotten more clients, things, because I have shared content. It's what I call currency of influence. It's people, why are you doing something? Are you getting paid? Well, not today, but I can be helpful. And so in the same way Linda's got stuff or, or Lauren with her advisors, if you're being helpful and you have content you can share, um, you're giving somebody something that they didn't ask you for, you just offered it. They're going to remember that. And I have found in the last three years in particular when I left my kind of formal financial services job is I wanted to be in a position to be helpful and to share what I know. And people remember that. I will meet people from all walks of life who will say, you know, you look like your, your, your Twitter photo, but I say, you know, I, I read that thing you posted, and you know what? Here's what I did with it. Or, you know, you mentioned a, a blog post Linda would have done. Share what you have and what you know. People will come and find you. You don't have to be finding them. So I'm a big believer in sharing content and video. If it's not mobile ready, you're, you're missing 50% of your audience. So and that's really important. It, and I was just build on that to uh, go back to what you asked before about real-time content. It's not – so what we have found is actually that the evergreen content that – could be relevant a year you know, from now or a year ago is what gets better engagement than that real-time content of you know, the market went up or down. It's actually if you share a piece of content on retirement or you share a piece of content on getting divorced, that would, you know, who, who, the people who see that at what point in their life, you know, if, it, if it, it, res it resonates with them at that moment, then you know, it's, 
the right kind of connectivity point. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be real time. We find that you know it's that evergreen content that actually is, you know, the the most engaging. Right. Is, is that some of the stuff too that? I mean, I don't even know. Are you doing anything with, with video or with the slideshow, or is that sort of the thing that, yeah, that's we, what we could do? Yeah, I mean, we also, it, it, it's tough because, again, it's a, really, it's a regulated industry, and so I wouldn't say that, you know, that we lead in any sort of new forms of, of you know, technology, but um, we are, you know, definitely looking at different ways of different formats of sharing information, whether it be infographics or, you know, taking research and putting it in, in different formats as well as, you know, video. So um, all things that are on the docket. Yeah, yeah. So it's because it's like, it's not just like the format. It's like the, now it's like the device it needs to be on and what time of day you put it out. Because is someone riding a train and on a tablet? Are they sitting at a desktop and reading the content? Is it you know, running for lunch and getting it on their, you know, smartphone. Like, you've got all of those things on top of, can we say this or not? John, you had something. I know you had one more, I, one I, more pearl my, insight. Come it, on. It was just, um, boy, what Joyce said. Like, she's a, she's a, a case study of, of working out loud, of, of how to make your work visible, build a purposeful network, and access opportunities. And I think that's, that's true for how we got these jobs because these jobs really didn't exist very long ago. Um, in many cases, you, you just created it, right? And so did you, and so did I. And so, and so could everybody else. And I think that's, uh, that's what I wanted to that, say. That, that, I'm glad you did. All right, do we got questions? All right, I'll go. Uh, Linda, you were talking about before uh, communicating expectations to followers. How, like, tangibly would you do that? And then just second quick thing, you talked about different platforms and understanding the different platforms. How would your content, again, tangibly be different on, you know, Instagram or Twitter or, you know, Facebook? So, uh, great um, question. Um, you know, the, the way we think about it is, again, it goes back to what's the, the right mindset. And we find on on. Facebook, we, we have one company page, Citibank USA, so we message, we talk about all of our consumer products. On Twitter, we have different handles, so we have City Private Pass that talks all about our entertainment platform, pre-sales, and, you know, and that's how we describe it. We have Ask City, which is all about servicing. We have Women & Co. for you know, our, our, all of our content for women. We have Citibank for our consumer bank, and, and that's what we've done to really message. Um, but we try not to have product-specific Facebook pages. Um, and you know, on LinkedIn, we have a city enterprise page, and we coordinate through a central team on how the messaging makes sense for the different audiences and to represent the full spectrum of the brand. So the differences in content will be Facebook, we talk a lot about our entertainment, dining, sort of think of family and lifestyle. LinkedIn, it's all going to be about career. It's going to be uh, more, you know, um, the, the B2B type stuff, what we might do, thought leadership. And on Twitter, you know, we talk about everything, but we just message it through different handles so people understand on private pass, we're not going to be talking about women and money. We may talk about women and planning like a, f a family entertainment uh, vacation or talk about what's coming up. So it's all about the sequencing and the labeling. Cool. Great discussion, thank you. I have a comment to Joyce's uh, comment and that's gonna lead to the question. Uh, 
Joyce mentioned that putting it all out there and sharing, if people will come. This happens to me all the time. I teach a lot at conferences in the industry, and I got a call to go to a conference in Chicago for the Financial Technology Forum. That's my comment, but here's the question. While I was there, which was a room full of 53 CTOs, they were all lamenting that everybody at their, they're all financial services, lamenting that everyone in the firms wanted to know why they can't use any device at any time and say whatever they want. And the challenge is that technology is madly trying to fulfill, how are you guys communicating internally, to John's point, so that it all comes together? Because this train is coming. And as people get into the workforce that are younger and younger, they will not understand not being able to use. So, so how, are you, how are you managing that with people wanting to bring their own devices or, or use? I'm going to say it's, it's, it's the mindset of platforms, you know, kind of slamming up against, you know, and I'm, a for, I'm going to say it in the Apple store, I'm a former BlackBerry-carrying lawyer. Like, come on, how do you, how do you get all these I, things? Canadian, this is, that's this why. is a tricky topic, and it falls out of, I think, the realm of all of our responsibilities, yet because of my previous mobile capability or mobile experience, um, you know, I've dealt with it. It's exactly what you said. All of the CTOs now are, are dealing with this question of how can we reduce the number of devices people don't want to be carrying a BlackBerry and an iPhone. So we're dealing with it and, and there's security issues. Um, which is really, you know, the biggest um, challenge to overcome. So they're dealing with it in, I mean, a couple of different ways. But the biggest one is the ability to access, you know, information through an app um, in a secure way on one device. So there's the good app, which allows you to access your work email and your work calendar, your work contacts. And then from, you know, from our perspective, and I think other firms are doing this also, we're actually building our own apps for our, for our employees so that when they're on the go, they can access information, but they can also engage with their clients in a different kind of way with, you know, through you know, an iPad or some other tablet device. John, did you have a thought? Um, just quickly that one of, the, one of the benefits of having a social platform internally is that uh, the train, train's left the station, people say, why the hell do we block X? And we can have a discussion around it that spreads. And so it's easier to educate people, easier to, to show that there's a critical pent-up demand for a given service, and easier to explain what's happening and when. Very cool. You know what I want to do, because I know there's going to be other questions and we had time for two tonight. Since you're all on Twitter, and we have had conversations there, I'm assuming that people can reach you there to pose other questions. So John, your Twitter handle, please. Uh, Twitter handle is my name, John Stepper, at John Stepper, and there's also johnstepper.com is where I write every week about the topic. Great blog. Yeah. Lauren? My Twitter handle is at lboymanms. Perfect. My Twitter is Joyce M, like Mary, Sullivan, Joyce M. Sullivan. My Twitter is my name, Linda Descano. And I'm at JK Hoey, um, so you can always find me there. So I want to thank our good friends at Apple once again. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much.